Hello and welcome to Hypochondriac's Almanac, your favorite podcast for those of you out there who think you have some crazy medical condition by reading WebMD. Before we get started, we need to talk about a few little disclaimers. First and foremost, we are not doctors or nurses or medical professionals of any kind. Please, please, please do not take what we say on this show as medical advice. We are not trying to treat, diagnose, or fix any medical conditions. If you have an issue, please see a doctor. Do not guess or take what we say as a diagnostic tool. We just want to talk about all the fun and weird parts of the medical world in the past, present, and future. Okay, let's jump right in. We are back after a little bit of a vacation, needed a little bit of time off, and this week I am actually doing the episode on my own. Typically, I would be recording with Katrina, but because of the schedules and everything else that's going on, I just went ahead and recorded this one on my own. We are going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart this week. We are going to talk about the difference between a urinary tract infection and a bladder infection and some bladder-related issues. I myself have suffered with several of these, perhaps for about the last 10 years. And I think it's really important to sort of highlight on some of these issues because some of you guys and gals out there may be experiencing similar sorts of health issues and not really have any idea what's going on, or maybe the first time you experienced it. And I just want people to kind of understand what it means when you get those sorts of issues. Some of you may be wondering what the difference is between a bladder infection and a UTI. So here is that information. The difference between a bladder infection and a urinary tract infection is that a bladder infection is a type of urinary tract infection. And while a bladder infection is a UTI, not all UTIs are bladder infections. A urinary tract infection tends to be an umbrella term and when the urinary tract is infected with bacteria and becomes irritated or inflamed. So a bladder infection or cystitis, which is basically inflammation of the bladder, is a type of urinary tract infection. It occurs when bacteria, one of the more common ones is E. coli, travels up the urethra and into the bladder. These bacteria then adhere to the bladder walls and multiply, multiply causing an infection, either in your urinary tract or in your bladder. Other kinds of urinary tract infections can include kidney infections and inflammation of the urethra. So that is why when you go to the doctor, it is so important. They will usually ask you whether the burning and the irritation when you urinate is when you pee at the opening within the tract or up higher in the body. And sometimes they'll check by tapping on your back to see if your kidneys hurt, if your back hurts, or if the pain and irritation is lower, closer to the opening when you go to the bathroom. I know it can be overwhelming when you feel pain down in that area. You tend to just say, hey, if something's wrong, I'm infected. And you want to just kind of have a blanket term over the whole thing. But that is not always how it works. And sometimes you can't really tell whether it is in the urethra itself or whether it's the kidney or the bladder or whatever. And, and that is typically why they will do 
a urine sample test to see what's going on with your body and kind of get a better idea of where that infection lies. Let's kind of go over some of the more common signs of a bladder infection so people can have a better idea of what they may be suffering from. If this is the first time that you have suffered from a bladder infection, that shit hurts. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. A bladder infection is not really something that you're going to miss. They have a way of drawing attention to themselves and you cannot easily ignore them. This does not mean, though, that you will instinctively know when you are suffering from one and where in that process you are, because you may be in the very beginning signs, and because you drink a lot of water, you may flush it, and you may not know that that is something that you are dealing with. Most bladder infections are pretty noticeable, uh, but they can also be like regular colds and flus, meaning meaning that you can misinterpret the signals and be at a loss as to what is actually going on with your body. A bladder infection is, of course, is caused by an infection in the bladder. That's pretty common and well known, but it's actually a form of a urinary tract infection, as I mentioned earlier. So that urinary tract infection is that umbrella that sort of sits across all those terms that have to do with infections dealing in and around your urinary tract. Bladder infections are the most common form of a UTI. And most of the symptoms of bladder infections are caused by cystitis, which would be the inflammation of the urethra. But this means the bladder has been swollen and become irritated, which is a natural reaction of the body to any kind of infection. Pain during urination is the number one symptom of a bladder infection. This can sometimes be felt as a burning sensation and its location in the urinary tract may give some indication as to the location of the infection. However, this can also result in sharp pain or potentially a more unusual form of general discomfort during urination. And these are not always something that people want to talk about. It's not as though you want to talk about your pee and poo. We had a poop episode as well. But these tend to be issues that people avoid talking about and avoid wanting to deal with. But once you start to experience pain when you urinate, then you tend to either freak out and some people think, oh, I have a sexually transmitted disease, but this is not always the case. Bladder infections can be very common depending on how you treat your body. The biggest thing is if you do start to experience signs of an infection, you can also pass frequent small quantities of urine, and this can be one of the other major signs of a bladder infection. This is known as incontinence and can be somewhat stressful and embarrassing to many people. But you shouldn't be embarrassed. You should just know that you possibly have some form of a bladder infection and not confuse this with something else. If laughing, coughing, sneezing, etc. causes you to leak small amounts of urine, this could actually be stress incontinence, which could require Kegel exercises and other methods to strengthen your pelvic floor. But if it is not something that happens frequently or happens when you cough, sneeze, etc., it could be signs of a bladder infection. Another one of the common signs of a bladder infection is blood in the urine. And if you get to the point where you are showing blood in your urine and experiencing pain when you urinate, then you have progressed far into the process and you need to seek medical attention right away. Even small amounts of blood could signify that you do have an infection in there. 
and this is technically referred to as a hematuria, and there is actually a number of alternate causes, including damage to the liver, prostate enlargement, and cancer that could potentially also be at play, which is all the more important to get yourself checked out and make sure that it is simply a bladder infection and not something else that's going on in your body. Cloudy or strong smelling urine is also the sign of a bladder infection. An infection in your bladder can cause changes in the appearance of your urine, thus the cloudy or strong smell. Keep in mind though that there are various things that could also change the appearance of your urine. Other common causes of changes in your urine could be your diet or extreme dehydration, which is very, very easy to do when you're in these hot summer months and you're out doing all these activities, maybe in your yard or you're going for a hike. Extreme dehydration prevents the urine from being diluted by the fluid in your diet as it normally would be, and this can leave it looking cloudy and brightly colored. Make sure you are consuming enough liquids, fluids, and water. That is most important because it helps your kidneys and your bladder filter out properly. And if you are not consuming enough of that, i.e. you are doing fruit juices and coffee and caffeine drinks and all sorts of other things, those do not help your liver and kidneys and bladder filter out nearly as well as water does. So you don't want to go extreme and drink 2 billion gallons of it a day, but at the same time, you need to realize that your consumption of water can help your body flush infections and potential infections from itself. So that's something that you want to make sure that you are getting enough of in these warm summer months. Another common sign of a bladder infection is a low-grade fever. So any infection within your body causes your body to attempt to drive out the bacteria that are causing that infection. And this can cause a number of changes in your body, which we associate with being unwell. And this can include a low-grade fever. You might feel very hot, but also notice that you could experience chills as well. You might want to find a, a thermometer and measure your temperature and see if you are near or at normal or slightly warmer. This might cause you to have night sweats or cold sweats. You should make sure that you are continuing to drink lots of fluids during this time to prevent dehydration because your body is like basically trying to regulate itself when you do have an infection. And if you're not getting enough hydration, then it's just going to make this situation worse. But you need to be aware that the fever could be a sign that there is some infection within your body because your body likes to make the environment less hospitable to the invading bacteria. Another common sign of a bladder infection is pelvic discomfort. And you might notice this, that your pelvic region is generally sort of a little bit painful. This can be a combination of the effect of the bacteria as well as the swelling, which might reach the point where it places uncomfortable pressure on the surrounding areas, i.e. your pelvic area. You might find that changing position helps to treat this problem, and you can likewise get some relief from a warm bath. Be careful though, dirty bath water is one potential cause of a UTI. So be careful with the baths. Don't stay in there too long. Usually a short, warm bath in a clean tub can help relieve the pressure and discomfort and pain. But should not be sitting in that bath water for hours because that can just make it worse. 
pain is the number one sign and it can be common to feel general pain in the region as well as the stomach when you have a bladder infection. While you have a specific condition, that being a UTI or bladder infection, you are also generally ill. You're likely to feel more sensitive and notice the pain can radiate out from the pelvic region and into the stomach area. This can also be made worse by dehydration, stress, and a suppressed digestive system. So be sure that you are eating a good healthy diet and that you are drinking plenty of water to help combat that. Another sign of a bladder infection can be back or side pain. And these are not normal symptoms of a bladder infection. Rather, these symptoms can suggest the infection has moved and is now in other areas of your body. This in turn means that you need to see a doctor ASAP to get this treated. This is very, very important because a doctor might potentially need to switch you to a stronger dose of antibiotics if you start to experience pain in other regions and it has moved into your back and sides. Nausea and vomiting can also be one of the symptoms that you might be experiencing and, but these could also show that you're experiencing a stomach infection rather than a bladder infection. But they're not normal symptoms of a bladder infection, and they, can recur, and they can occur if the condition develops and the body has a large reaction. That's why it's so important to see a doctor if you start to experience these in addition to the generalized pain in your pelvic area and the pain upon urination. Feeling tired and fatigued can also be a symptom that you might experience with a bladder infection as well as finding it hard to be motivated to do basic things. You may struggle to wake up in the morning and your usual activities can seem a lot more difficult or require a little bit more effort than usual. This is basically your body trying to fight the infection and using all of its energy on your immune system to drive that infection out. Take it easy. Rest. Spend time in bed if you can. Take some time off work and drink lots of fluid. Obviously, see your doctor as well. This can create sort of a brain fog for you. So just be sure that you're like listening to your body and being aware of what's going on. Another symptom that you might experience is muscle aches. Muscle aches can be common with any infection and any fever. You might feel that your muscles and your joints are very sore and that it's hard to continue to go about your normal activities during the day. You might struggle to stand and it's, it's important if you start to experience generalized muscle aches with these other symptoms that you basically stop what you're doing. Do not continue to do your normal activities and rigorous exercise. If you go to the gym regularly, I would take a day off until you get the treatment and see your doctor because there could be other things that are causing your muscles to ache and you want to make sure that it's the bladder infection and not something else. Another, some other common symptoms that you may experience, there's sort of a blanket with the end of this list here. You might find that you feel like you haven't completely emptied your bladder when you do go to the bathroom. You may have pain above the pelvic bone specifically. There may be just some off things that we didn't cover off on this list that you still experience with a bladder infection. And it's really important to note that these typically are related to that. But they may signify that you have contracted a different kind of UTI rather than a bladder infection. Additionally, uh, UTIs are usually more common in women, and they can cause slightly different symptoms in women than they would in men. When pain is felt in the back or the side, for instance, this could suggest that the infection has moved into the kidneys and could actually be very dangerous if left untreated.
A UTI can also be lower down in the tract and can cause pain during other activities as well as intercourse. So it can really impact your body in many different ways. So you want to be very sure that you're seeing your doctor so they can determine what's going on and where the infection is coming from specifically so they can treat you in the most um, efficient way. So let's talk about urinary tract infections in general. A urinary tract infection happens in most of us at some point in our life. If you are a woman, your chance of getting a UTI is very high. 50% of women get them at some point in their life. So there's many, many, many women out there that are getting these. And there is a good portion of the population as well that have repeat infections, sometimes for years on end. UTIs... And this is, again, the blanket umbrella sort of over infections within your bladder and urinary tract and kidneys and all that kind of stuff. But UTIs are a key reason why we're often told to wipe from the front to the back after using the bathroom. That is because the urethra, that little tube that transports urine from your bladder to the outside of your body, is located close to the anus. So bacteria from your large intestine... E. coli being the most common of those, like I mentioned earlier, are in the perfect position to escape from your anus and invade the urethra if you are not wiping properly. So from there, if you are wiping those bacteria from the anus into your urethra, they can travel up to the bladder, those tricky little bacterias, and if the infection isn't treated, this can continue on to infect the kidneys. Women are especially prone to UTIs because they have shorter urethras, which can allow bacteria quick access to the bladder. Also, having sex can produce bacteria in the urinary tract as well. You should keep a lookout for the following types of symptoms. A burning feeling when you urinate, a frequent or intense urge to urinate, even though little comes out when you do, pain or pressure in your lower back or abdomen, cloudy, dark, bloody, or strange-smelling urine, feeling tired or shaky, and fever and chills. Fever and chills are sort of the more serious one on this list because they can be a sign that the infection has reached your kidneys and you are in critical phase there that you're going to need to get treatment right away. If you suspect you have a urinary tract infection, you should obviously, like I said earlier, head to your doctor you will be asked to give a urine sample, which can be tested for the presence of bacteria that could potentially be causing your UTI. Antibiotics are usually the treatment of choice when you have some sort of an infection. As always, be sure to finish off the prescribed cycle of medicine completely, even though you may start to feel better. And then the, the suggestion that doctors always say for this is that you want to drink a ton of water while this is going on so that your body is flushing the bacteria from your system. Your doctor can also prescribe a medication to soothe the pain and a heating pad can also be helpful. So if you've ever heard somebody tell you, hey, urinary tract infections can be prevented by drinking cranberry juice, this may or may not be the case. There have been some pretty mixed results with respect to treating UTIs with cranberry juice. The red berry, the cranberry obviously, contains a tannin that prevents E. coli bacteria, which is the most common cause of urinary tract infections, from sticking to the walls of the bladder where they cause infection. However, some studies done relatively recently 
have really looked into the effectiveness of cranberry juice or extract on UTIs and found that they did not significantly reduce the incidence of UTIs. And there's a couple reasons behind that. Number one, it the cranberry itself sort of works well with E. coli bacteria, but there could be other bacteria that are causing your UTI besides just E. coli. And number two, if you're not getting the concentrated proportion of cranberry tannins in the cranberry juice that you are drinking, then it could be less effective. So if you're drinking cranberry juice cocktail where there's a ton of sugar and not as much of the tannins and more water and additives in the cranberry juice, then this can also decrease the effectiveness of the cranberry juice as a cure or preventative measure for your body. So if you are going to try to use that as a potential assistance to your body for helping to prevent them. You want to make sure that you're getting pure cranberry juice, organic, etc., so that you are getting the most tannin content within your cranberry juice as you can. So chronic UTIs. About one in five women experience a second urinary tract infection right after the first one, and some can be plagued incessantly by urinary tract infections. I happen to be one of those people who have experienced urinary tract infections on a frequent basis for a long period of time. Now, at the moment, I have not experienced one, and I'm going to kind of talk a little bit more about that. I have not experienced one in a while, but there are some preventative measures that I have taken to try to assist with that. But in most cases, the culprit for these women that are getting the urinary tract infections on a regular basis is a different type or strain of bacteria than most women who get a urinary tract infection experience. So some types of these bacteria can get into the body and be resistant to antibiotics and really sort of tap your immune system down to the point where it can't really fight off this different type of bacteria. So this type of bacteria can also travel out of the cells and reinvade, ultimately establishing a colony of antibiotics biotic resistant bacteria that are primed to attack your body again and again. So some women are genetically predisposed to UTIs while others have abnormalities in the structure of their urinary tract that can make them more susceptible to infection. Women with diabetes can be at higher risk as well because their compromised immune systems make them less likely to be able to fight off infections like UTIs. Other conditions that can increase your risk of a UTI include pregnancy, multiple sclerosis, and anything that affects urine flow like kidney stones, stroke, or spinal cord injury can really up your chances of having a UTI. If you have three or more UTIs a year, this is considered chronic UTI and you are going to need a special treatment plan in order to prevent that and help provide relief from that. Sometimes doctors will prescribe a very low dose of antibiotic over a longer period of time to help prevent these repeat infections. Taking a single dose of antibiotic after sex, this can be a common infection trigger, and sometimes doctors will give you a large dose of antibiotics and say, just take one anytime that you are having sex. Taking antibiotics for one to two days every time symptoms appear and using an at-home urine test kit when symptoms start to test if there is the type of bacteria in your body that could potentially cause another urinary tract infection. These are all things that would happen if you were experiencing chronic UTIs. 
They now have tests out there in the marketplace. I don't know if you guys have seen them that are available without a prescription that can help your you determine whether you need to see a doctor or whether it's something besides just a urinary tract infection. You could also check to see if you've cured the infection by antibiotics by using these tests. So preventative measures. Here's some ways that people can help prevent UTI infections and reinfections. You want to empty your bladder frequently as soon as you feel the need to go. Don't rush, but be sure that you have emptied your bladder completely because some of us are in such a hurry when we're going to the bathroom that you may be leaving bits of urine or parts of your bladder, your full bladder in your body still. And that can, that can cause bacteria to sort of increase rapidly because the longer you have urine or fecal matter in your body, the greater your chance of infection because it's your body's natural course to get rid of those toxins because it's your filtering system, your body's filtering system to get the poisons and toxins and bacteria out of your body. And if you're leaving them in there for a long period of time, then that can increase your chance of infection. You also want to be sure that you're wiping from front to back so that any kind of fecal matter from your anus is not being pushed into your bladder and to your urethra. Drink lots of water, choose showers over baths, stay away from feminine hygiene sprays, scented douches, and scented bath products. These can cause irritation and increase your chances of getting infection. Cleanse your genital area before and after sex. Urinate before and after sex to flush bacteria away that could potentially enter your urethra. If you use a diaphragm, unlubricated condoms, or spermicidal jelly for birth control, consider switching to a different method of birth control. Diaphragms can actually increase bacteria growth, which and unlubricated condoms and spermicides can cause irritation, which can all make UTI symptoms more likely. And then finally, keep your genital area dry by wearing cotton underwear and loose-fitting clothes. Tight jeans, nylon underwear, and other things that are sort of pushing and trapping moisture in that area can cause it to be the perfect environment for bacteria growth. So avoid, avoid, avoid those things if you can. If you are prone to bladder infections, UTIs, um, any one of those types of things, you want to make sure that you're doing that as a preventative measure. So there is another condition which could potentially cause you to feel like you are frequently experiencing a bladder infection. And that condition is interstitial cystitis. Interstitial cystitis, often called painful bladder syndrome, is a tricky condition. So you may feel like you are getting frequent bladder infections or UTIs when in fact it is actually not a UTI. This can be very tough to diagnose and some treatments can make life better with it, but there is no particular cure for this condition. IC has a very wide range of symptoms and severity through people that have it, and most experts think it might be a combination of several diseases. If you have urinary pain that lasts for six weeks and is not caused by other conditions like infections or kidney stones, you may have IC as well. If you're going into the doctors thinking that you are having a UTI, but they're not finding the typical types of bacteria in your urethra that they would normally see with a UTI, then this could be IC. 
No matter what it's called, interstitial cystitis symptoms bring a lot of challenging, a lot of challenges. The disease itself can affect your social life, your exercise, your sleep, and even your ability to work depending on the severity of the condition in your body. So IC is a chronic bladder problem, not necessarily an infection. Your bladder holds pee after your kidneys have filtered it out and before you pee it out. But this particular condition causes pain and pressure below your belly button and symptoms can come and go or they may be consistent. IC also causes urgent and often painful bathroom trips. You may need to pee as many as 40 to 60 times a day in severe cases, and this can actually keep you up at night as well. Symptoms of this particular condition can vary from person to person and can linger for months or years, and they may go away without any form of treatment. But some very common symptoms that people with IC experience are bladder pressure and pain that gets worse as your bladder fills up, pain in your lower tummy, lower back, pelvis, or urethra. For women, pain in the vulva, vagina, or the area behind the vagina is common. For men that experience this, pain in the scrotum, testicles, penis, or the area behind the scrotum can be common. You may feel the need to pee more than normal. Um, The normal, by the way, is about seven to eight times daily. So people that need to pee more often than that could be experiencing signs of IC. The feeling you need to pee right now, even though you just went to the bathroom. Women that have IC can experience pain during sex. And for men, pain during orgasm or after sex can be common. So the pain that people experience with IC can range from kind of a dull ache to a piercing pain. Peeing may feel like a little stingy or it can feel like a very serious burning. All people with it have an inflamed bladder, but about five to 10% of people get ulcers in their bladder, which can make the symptoms even worse. So people with IC know that there are things that can increase your symptoms and make your symptoms worse and that they need to try to avoid these things because it's one of the first things doctors tell you when they diagnose you with IC. Now, I personally have not been officially diagnosed with IC, but I have been to the doctor many, many, many times with signs and symptoms of a urinary tract infection. But when they did the culture on the urine, they did not find bacteria present. So my doctors told me, we are almost certain that you have IC, but you would need to go through more testing to confirm that. And because it is so difficult to test and confirm for IC, there are many different things that they need to do to confirm that you have that diagnosis. And I just didn't have the time or patience to go through that additional testing. So essentially what I did was follow the protocol that somebody with IC would follow, which I don't think there is a danger here because you're not necessarily taking medications. But symptoms can also be worsened by certain foods and drinks, mental stress, or your period. So you want to make sure that you are sort of de-stressing yourself, allowing your body time to rest and then certain foods are supposed to increase your symptoms in sort of a very negative way. These types of foods would include things like tomatoes, chocolate, caffeine, really super acidic foods, 
red meats. And we're going to get into a list of a little bit more of these in a bit. But who gets IC? So about 90% of the people with IC are women. And about 3 to 6% of adult women have some form of IC. That means there are about 3 to 8 million American women running around with IC. About 1.3% of American men also have IC. So on average, people first start having problems with this condition in their 40s. And the risk of it goes up as you get older. So what causes IC? It's not exactly clear to medical professionals what is causing IC, but there are several ideas out there. One could be a problem with bladder tissue, letting things in your pee irritate your bladder. So your bladder tissue may be weaker or maybe leaking things into your bladder tissues, leaking things into your body from your bladder. Inflammation causes your body to release chemicals that cause symptoms. Something in your urine damages your bladder. A nerve problem makes your bladder feel pain from things they usually don't feel. Your immune system attacks your bladder. And another condition causing inflammation, which is also targeting your bladder. Diagnosis, as I mentioned earlier, is very, very difficult for IC because there is no test to conclusively prove that you have interstitial cystitis. If you go to your doctor complaining about bladder pain along with frequency and urgency, the next step is typically for them to rule out what else it could be. So both men and women first need to rule out urinary tract infections, bladder cancer, sexually transmitted diseases, and kidney stones. In women, endometriosis is also another possibility and for men, it can sometimes be mistaken for inflamed prostate or chronic pelvic pain syndrome. So they do typically provide these types of tests to rule out other conditions. They would do urinalysis and urine culture. This means you'll be asked to pee in a cup and it will be then sent to a lab to check for infection. Post-void residual urine volume. Using an ultrasound, this test measures the amount of pee that remains in your bladder after you go to the bathroom. They can also use a thin camera to go into the bladder and the urethra. And this is usually only done if there's blood in your pee or if treatment doesn't help. They can also do a biopsy of your bladder and urethra where a small piece of tissue is taken and tested. This is usually done during the earlier test when they put the camera in there, and this will help them rule out the chance that there is potentially bladder cancer. And another test that they might potentially do is bladder stretching, and this is when your bladder is filled with liquid or gas to stretch it out. You will typically be asleep under anesthesia, but sometimes this can be used as a treatment. And then prostate fluid culture is done in men or doctor will need to press on your prostate and milk a sample to test. This is not common, but it is one of the things that can be done to rule out other conditions instead of interstitial cystitis. So there are also some home and lifestyle treatments that will be recommended to you if you are diagnosed or if interstitial cystitis is suspected for you. About half the time, IC goes away by itself. But some people do happen to need treatment for it to get relief and to get their lives back to normal. 
Treatment is usually about symptom control. And sometimes it's a kind of a trial and error process to get the right combination of treatments to provide relief. And it can take weeks or months to calm the symptoms, unfortunately. But here's some of the things that are suggested to try so that you can help ease your symptoms. You're told to restrain your bladder to hold more urine. For example, if you feel the need to pee every 30 minutes, try to stretch that out to 45 minutes. Now, granted, this can kind of go against some of the recommendations that people with UTIs or bladder infections are recommended to try because they tell you to go to the bathroom as soon as you need to because you don't want to let that bacteria increase in your body. That is why it's so important to rule out other conditions before you start trying to deal with IC. Cut down on the stress in your life. It can be a trigger. Take about five minutes a day to calm yourself if you can. Stretch, read a book, practice relaxation techniques or meditation. This can help. Always wear loose clothing. Tight clothes can put pressure on your bladder. Try low-impact exercise with walking or stretching. Change what you eat and drink to avoid triggers. And we're going to talk a little bit more about possible trigger food and drinks in a bit. And then if you smoke, quit. Because smoking definitely increases your chances for more dramatic and long-term symptoms. A lot of people find, and we're going to kind of chat get in when we're going to kind of get into more detail on this, but a lot of people find that certain foods or drinks irritate their bladders. You don't have to cut these out all at once, but try to keep track of when you notice your symptoms are bad and think back on what you ate or drank during any of these symptom increases. It's a good idea to keep a food and symptom journal. Take note of what you eat each day and how you feel when you eat it. And then you can look back to see if there are connections between what you're eating and the symptoms that you are experiencing. Common triggers can be citrus fruits like oranges and lemons, tomatoes, chocolate, caffeinated drinks like coffee and sodas, carbonated drinks, alcohol, spicy foods, and artificial sweeteners. Talk to your doctor about an elimination diet, which could help you figure out what is affecting your bladder. There are some second line treatments that are also used for treating IC. Physical therapy can help you to learn how to relax your pelvic muscles. There is a drug that can help control bladder spasms. And then there are other ones that can help rebuild bladder tissue lining, but it can take months sometimes to relieve these symptoms. So you've got to be aware it is a long process if that is indeed what you have, and you may not experience relief right away. So steroids, bladder stretching, and DMSO, which is dimethyl sulfoxide, can be used for people to find some relief. And they put this drug into the bladder with a catheter. It is believed to work by fighting inflammation and blocking pain in your bladder. And there are some other steps and treatments that are used to help treat IC, but that would be something you would need to check with your doctor on because worst case scenario, there are immune system suppressant drugs and surgery that are kind of your last line if that is indeed what you are experiencing. So if you are experiencing the discomfort when you go to the bathroom or incomplete emptying of your bladder, obviously the first line is to see your doctor 
rule out all the other things that it could potentially be. And then if you do find that you have IC, which I found ultimately, there are many, many, many things you can do to sort of decrease your symptoms and prevent flare-ups. And that is most important. And you want to avoid those foods and drinks that I mentioned earlier and make sure that you are getting lots of fluids like water into your lifestyle so that you can make sure that you're flushing your bladder out and preventing the urinary tract from getting inflamed. As always, see your doctor. That is your first line of defense. You can rule out signs and so you can rule out infection because if you have an infection, ultimately what you need is medication to fix that as soon as possible. This is the point in the show, though, where we say so long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can send us an email. If you feel like you are experiencing a UTI or some sort of urinary tract infection or even IC, send me an email. I'd love to chat with you about it and share experiences. I know that it has affected my life for about the last five years, and I don't let it rule my life. It was very, very bad at certain points in my life, but it has improved vastly since then with sort of controlling the condition and avoiding certain things in my life. Send me an email. I'm at hypoalmapodcast at gmail.com or hypochondriacsalmanac at gmail.com. I'll put that email into the show notes for you as well. Please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye!